in your face. Delighted to have the new city of Yarramere, Edward Crossland, on the line. Ed, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a big few weeks for you, and congratulations not just on the mayoralty, but also for getting married. <laughs> yes, it, it has indeed been a jam-packed couple of weeks. Yeah, and uh, very, very exciting. Let's start with what your priorities are as Mayor of City of Yarra. Well, look, for me, I'm really looking forward to continuing to work collaboratively with the council group and the community to address a range of different key priorities for the municipality. And they're really varied in terms of what they might be. You know, we're looking at how we can best plan for our growing city, addressing housing affordability and continuing to uh, tackle Yara's financial sustainability objectives to ensure that we can actually provide the infrastructure and services that address the need of our current and future community. Yeah, housing affordability is a huge issue. I know it's mostly a state and federal government issue, but it's you're from the Greens and really your constituency is crying out for rent caps and rent controls and a rent mm. freeze. Uh, what's your response to all of that? Oh, look, personally, yes, I do support those measures. Uh, at Council, we've got a range of different policies to try and address housing affordability as best we can. The challenge is most of the decisions sit at a state government level. So where possible, we're doing our best to advocate to state government for address of these things, including, you know, what happens with our public housing estates and making sure that there are affordable housing options at different price points to make sure that those most vulnerable in our community are looked after. So tell us what led you to local government. What's the backstory? Uh, Well, I've always been passionate about social justice and addressing inequality. So it's been one of the driving forces which has informed my interest in participation in local government politics. And, you know, I've I've worked in local and state government work environments throughout my professional career. And since being councillor as well, you know, I really enjoy engaging and working with the community. What effectively was the push button, if you will, for first venturing into politics was following the federal government's decision to change the Marriage Act to exclude same-sex couples. And that decision was in conflict with my core beliefs and motivated me to take action. So I subsequently joined the Greens and co-founded the Queer Greens and then led the development of the LGBTIQA plus policy for the Greens, which was a first for a political party in Victoria at that time. So... Just a few different things. And then with local government, having worked, as I said, in local and state government work environments, I've I've just seen opportunity to provide and facilitate new approaches to long-standing issues. And thought, you know, rather than sitting on the sidelines, why not put my hand up and take charge and, you know, represent my community? And now you find yourself the mayor of one of the queerest municipalities in Australia. Yes. (laughs) which is a really wonderful opportunity. So what's the queer community telling you? I know you've only been in the job for a couple of weeks. You've been a councillor for a few years. What's the queer community saying in Yarra? Well, I'm part of the Rainbow Advisory Committee that we have set up at council. We first set up during this term, so while I've been here, and it's been really helpful to kind of establish some of the directions that we're wanting to move with And some of those have included the establishment of an LGBTQA plus heritage study 
And that's a thematic study for places of significance to the queer community in the city of Yarra. It's the first of its kind for an Australian council to undertake this. And the intent is to seek to establish possible mechanisms for these places that have been identified for their retention in terms of use and function, protection, celebration and acknowledgement. And it's had significant community inputs thus far, which is really exciting. And I see it as an important piece of work because if you look nationally and internationally, there are many centres for queer community where it it's kind of many in the queer community businesses have been pushed out, whether it's through gentrification, other economic um, matters, but that sense of place and community has dispersed. And we're not wanting to lose that in Yarra. We want it to actually grow and become stronger and continue to be recognised both locally, nationally and internationally as a centre for queer business and community. Absolutely. And, you know, queer venues all around the world are closing. I mean, lesbian venues mm. are becoming almost non-existent. Um, it's, a, it's a problem throughout the world. Tell us about some of these queer landmarks in, in Yarra. Well, we've got a number of venues that are continuing to operate. Uh, we've so they're still going strong, which is fantastic. But we have lost the number ones over time. Like you know, Club Eighty, for example, uh, when that building sold, the business owners uh, couldn't relocate their business, and they had to shut up shop. And that space is actually just sitting vacant now, which I think is a crying shame. Whereas I'd love to see opportunities of how that business could have been retained through that redevelopment and or relocated elsewhere within the municipality. So there is that continuity, if you will. Um, So that's the kind of difference we're hoping to see. Yeah, absolutely. That was a huge loss for the community. Um, there's a venue across the road, a pub that used to be called, used to be called Jocks. It had other names. It's closed. Um, you know, mm. venues all around Melbourne have closed. Um, mm. The centre of Smith Street's kind of been gutted with that new Coles there. It kind of feels like a bit of a, a wasteland. At the same time, Smith Street's getting queerer and queerer, mm. uh, but the venues are kind of, you know, diminishing. Absolutely. But again, that's that's part of what we're trying to do here. We're trying to be able to establish these new mechanisms that they haven't been all done before. And we're not just talking about built form, because obviously heritage controls under the planning scheme at this point in time predominantly refers to places of architectural significance. We're trying to shift that focus to places of social and cultural significance as well. It's amazing, isn't it, that that shift, that reclassification hasn't happened. I mean, when you look at, you know, Smith Street and and Fitzroy, you know, for instance, there's so many places of Indigenous significance that have been significant, you know, significant for, you know, centuries, thousands of years. And, you know, yet, you know, buildings are somehow, you know, classified. It's you've got to even up the playing field, really, don't you? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And as a point of reflection, I remember going out to Commercial Road when I was younger and you'd be going to the market or the exchange and those venues have all disappeared now. And that used to be such a mecca, if you will, for queer community and business, particularly on the south side. And there's very little of it left there, unfortunately. And we're wanting the absolute opposite to be what the future is in Yarra. We want to make sure that we're supporting our businesses as best we can and finding other mechanisms just so 
they continue to operate and more continue to operate in Yarra into the future. Yeah, it's a real shame that what's happened on Commercial Road and in Stonington, I mean, they used to call that strip on Commercial Road the golden 50 metres. Yeah. Uh, you know, there was Bloody Mary's, there was a whole heap of venues and there was restaurants and they're just gone. And you think, how did that happen when, you know, um, the community is getting more visible and larger mm. and more diverse? How on earth did that happen? Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing. It you know, businesses quite often are not um, the building owner, so they may just be leasing the space. So if there is a change in ownership of the property, often the business doesn't carry along with that. So again, it's just one of the many things we're looking to explore as part of this piece of work. We're not necessarily going to come out with all the answers in the first instance. It might be a multi-stitched approach to how we tackle this but definitely trying to explore things from all different angles. So when's it all going to be finalised? Well, we're going to be getting a first cut, I believe, uh, beginning of next year, but that'll probably only be one stage of it, and that'll be the aspect that looks at places that could be listed for heritage listing under the current planning controls, and then it'll be a matter of trying to explore what those other mechanisms might be moving forward. So it's kind of... Let's see what we can do within the existing mechanisms and then identify what might be ideal mechanisms moving into the future. There's been a bit of drama over the city of Yarra's flag policy. What can you tell us about that policy? Sure. So Yarra's civic flag policy is reviewed incrementally and the current version was endorsed in August this year. The policy is designed to govern the flying of flags at councils, town halls, civic flagpoles and other facilities. And it also helps inform decision-making when councillors consider a request for flying flags of significance to the local community. Um, Just to be very clear, in Yarra, the Australian national flag, the Australian Aboriginal flag and the Torres Strait Islander flag are flown at each of our town halls. We're not proposing any changes to that. But what I am really disappointed about is the recent media coverage regarding policy, as our policy is designed to be inclusive and reflective of our diverse and vibrant community. And I know that a lot of members of our community have been incredibly offended by some of the commentary online, which is nothing more than thinly veiled racism and homophobia. So we're still very much committed to flying flags, which align with council's values and policies. And the flags are symbolic of the identity of our community and sure people in our community feel safe, heard and seen. Yeah, you've got one dude from Council Watch, Dean Hurlston, saying, where's the straight flag? Why isn't the City of Yarra flying the straight flag? What's your response to that? I've never seen a straight flag. We live in a heteronormative society. So every day could be classified as such, if you will. Um, Simply all we do is we put flags up on days of significance uh, to the community. So, And there's a broad range of different days. This is not to take away from anyone else. It's to show that ref- that recognition of those community members and their desire to have them up there. And, you know, this came through our Rainbow Advisory Committee. This isn't something that someone just dreamt up. It has had a process to get to this point. And I've been really disappointed on a number of fronts, as I've already touched on. But more broadly, we've seen an increase in homophobia and transphobia, which has been particularly notable leading up to Idahobbit. 
where many events across Melbourne were moved online or cancelled or moved to a different venue or closed the public due to hate speech and concerns for public safety. And to me, this is why it's so important to call out and address homophobia and transphobia in all its forms. But on that note as well, what's really heartening is that all councils across Victoria, all 79, flew the rainbow flag in support of and in solidarity with the queer community on Idaho. Yeah, absolutely. And that, that that solidarity has been really vital for councils to get across queer issues and to be more inclusive and for people from the queer community to feel like they can approach their councillors and engage with them about what their issues are so that queer people are less marginalised, you know, in municipalities across Victoria. Yeah, absolutely. And on that front as well, I think it's really important that the Labor state government should be reflecting on this as well, what has happened earlier this year and what's been happening more recently, and really step up and seek to protect the queer community from hate speech and discrimination by expanding Victoria's anti-filification laws to protect people on the basis of sexuality, gender and HIV status, as well as disability, which currently we're not protected under. So considering all these attacks and the latest hoo-ha, it sounds like it's very timely that we have an openly gay mayor in the city of Yarra, and I believe you're the first. (laughs) How does that feel? Yes. Oh, look, it's a wonderful opportunity and an absolute privilege to be in this role. And while I might be the first gay male to be the mayor of Yarra, um, I do think representation matters. And I do hope my appointment as mayor shows queer people in our municipality and more broadly that there is a place for them to participate in our democracy. But we've always been a place of acceptance and inclusion here in Yarra. And I want to continue to explore how council can further support, celebrate and promote Yarra as a centre for queer business and community. Uh, As noted, though, there have been a few other queer people of significance in the mix, It was an absolute honour to serve as Deputy Mayor alongside the outgoing Mayor, Claudia Nguyen, who is queer herself, as well as noting uh, Ralph McLean was Australia's first openly gay elected official and Mayor of the former city of Fitzroy, which is now part of the city of Yarra. Yeah, so there's a proud history and legacy there, and it sounds like Mm. you're going to build on that. What would you like your legacy to be? Oh, that's a good question. I would say I'd hope to have established a range of solutions to a broad range of issues that we're currently facing and different approaches to achieving better outcomes. So um, that that's a pretty broad statement, I know, but most fundamentally it's, you know, I want to be part of that continuing legacy of Yarra Mayors who have helped shape our growing city into one that is welcoming, inclusive and celebratory of what makes our city and community unique. Edward Crossland, the new mayor of the city of Yarra. It's been great chatting with you. Good luck in the role and thanks so much for joining us today on 3CR. Thank you so much for having me. 3CR.